gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, super friends. Welcome back to the DC Superpowers podcast, issue number 133 for New Comic Book Day, March 27th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Ken Rose, and sitting along here with me in the basement of the Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. Hey, guys. Vern, how you doing, man? We're good, Hexiding Week of TV of DC. Yeah. What What was that? Hexiding Week of D- TV with DC. Oh, yeah. It's been crazy. So, um, but... We got, we got, we'll get into that here in just a minute, but I got to do some fun stuff this weekend. You, you somehow to, didn't uh, end up doing it. Sneak preview. Well, not even a sneak preview. It was like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I got to see the Shazam this weekend, and it yeah, was it. awesome. I believe it. We, uh, you told me about a producer, so that just gave me the thumbs up for what they're going to do. I've been worried because a certain somebody they've been teasing saying he's been cast as a role for about a decade yeah <laughs> but we haven't seen anything that's crazy that he's been uh, hired on for so long but then again jason momoa was uh signed on as aquaman for seven years and he didn't announce until the justice league uh came out so that's that's a lot of lock and key mm-hmm. so um as far as we know dwayne johnson is still supposed to be black adam i'm not going to say one way or the other whether or not he was in this but he is still in the role uh and he was a producer executive producer on this so, uh, and I'm not going to give any details about the movie itself. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there spoiling it, but I had a yeah, I've great seen a lot time. Of videos of that on my YouTube feed. I'm like, no, 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 no. Stay away. Don't click on that. Don't you even advertise anything to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anybody who knows the comic books, and especially the Jeff Johns run, you're not going to be super surprised by some of this. But I've heard that. it was a blast to see it on screen. And there was a lot of this movie that was directly comic panel put up on the screen. Ah, okay. I could so, tell from the trailer, a lot of people use uh, speculation when they're breaking down the trailer, and I could even see that this was basically about, I want to say, 20% maybe of the original comic run and 80% of the new Jeff Johns 52 run. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I haven't read the Jeff Johns run. There is a book I think I want to get out. It's called Shazam Origins. And it reprints a bun- a bunch of the Jeff Johns stuff, and it's only like ten bucks, and it's like a hundred ninety page um, trade. Yeah, when I'm getting when I was uh, first hearing about the movie, I'm like, oh, I got brush up on that. And I remember you bringing over a book. It was like the black and white uh, com- It was the black and white um, issues from like the oh yeah the orig- compilation of it. Yeah, and I was reading that, and then as time went by, we started figuring out, oh, this is gonna be a new fifty two run. It's like, oh, I might as well brush up on this. Uh, and that's when he introduced his whole family, not just Mary Marvel and uh, Captain Marvel Jr. There's a lot of other family members from the New 52 that Jeff John added in. I think it's about, what, five of them or so? I think there's five in the Marvel family now. Um, but so, um, but no, actually, I, I have that book sitting right here in front of me. It's one of the DC Showcases. Now, anybody who doesn't know what the yeah, DC the Showcase is... DC Showcase was... They've not made them anymore, but um, there were black and white reprints of DC comics out of the fifties and sixties. And it's only 
the cover price on these was sixteen ninety nine, and you're at two to three hundred pages of well, this is five hundred twenty four pages in this book, and it reprints. Uh, let me see where the list is. Uh, just a second. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that it reprints. Um, it's Shazam number one, two through number one through thirty three. It's the first thirty three Shazam issues from back in the nineteen seventies, and this was when oh, wow. DC started restart restarted and started doing Shazam again. When they after they got uh, acquired the rights for Shazam. So I need to go back and read through this still. Uh, I the nice thing is when I got the my ticket for the show for this Fandango pre-release, they gave me um, two issues on Comicsology, and they were uh, DC. Just a second, I can bring them up and look because it's on Comicsology. Um, while you're looking it up, I think I'm going to pre-order this um, hardcover of the Detective Comics Deluxe Edition. Oh, I have that sitting. It's actually downstairs, but it is awesome. Oh, you already have it. Yeah, I have it. Because it's been out. The, is this that the 80 years of Detective Comics? 80 years of Batman? Yeah, yeah that came no. out like two weeks yeah. ago. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. This is the deluxe edition of the 1,000th issue. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that won't even be out till next fall. Yeah, I'm going to just pre-order it now. I'm figuring out. Might as well do it. Yeah, I had the uh, I have the other one, the um 80, the 80 years of Batman. Yeah, I remember. I That was awesome. I read that when we were at work. I just skimmed through it. They had a lot of villains. They had a lot of dead shot. Uh, they didn't have the major ones. They didn't have Joker, Penguin, or nothing, but they had... Um, like Deadshot, um, Two Face, uh, Clayface, uh, Man Bat, uh, a lot of the other villains that I guess don't get really used as much, which is surprising because we all know about these. But I guess in the big media, Deadshot's in the Suicide Squad, but never really been in a Batman movie. Same as Man Bat. Surprisingly, Two Face was only shown in the um, Dark Knight um, movie and uh, the Batman Rob or Batman Forever movie. We haven't yeah. seen anything yeah. from him in the past decade. So that's crazy. It's been ten years. We haven't seen Two Face hmm. on the big media screen. But yeah. um yeah, I might as well pre order this now. I'm just gonna go down to the comic shop and get about three issues of a variant cover. He might be out this time. Somehow I was able to get the action covers. Don't know how I was, but I got about three different variant covers. Well, John usually orders plenty of um enough, especially with something like this, he's gonna order some extras to make sure that he's got enough on the racks for everybody. Um, I need to go tomorrow and see if I can see what's going on with that. Because last year, la- not last, yeah, yes, last year for action, I went like the week before, and he had he had a lot of copies. I was able to get my hands on. I might mm-hmm. not be this lucky this time, but I hope I am. Well, he's close to he's closed tomorrow, but if you try, I if it was you today, no, he's closed on Tuesday. Crap. <laughs> but Whoops. if you actually um, send him an email tonight of what you want, he'll hold it for you. Okay. So yeah, um, anybody else if. Remember, most of your comic shops, if you have something that's coming out that you think may be a problem that you may end up selling out, send them an email or talk to your local comic shop. They'll hold it for you until you come and get it. I do that each week to make sure I get mine. Playing ahead. Exactly. So, uh, but the cool thing with this... Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, cool thing with this preview of Shazam. They actually, as I'm having issues over here... I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. I want to help you, but I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, they actually, Shazam has already broke some records. Ah. They actually hit the ground running with this preview. Now, we know that there's been some previews like this recently of other movies that have come out. We got Aquaman, we got the week one week early. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World came out early. Well, 
Shazam has already broke what Aquaman did. Oh, Shazam really? on their early preview screenings, which they had two screenings on Saturday at twelve hundred theaters, made three point three million dollars. Wow. Okay. Now, Aquaman in about the same amount of screens did two point nine million and went on to break over a billion dollars in the box office. So there's there's a good chance that Shazam Shazam's gonna do really good depending on how the preview screenings went. And also uh, which is interesting because Rotten Tomatoes is notorious for um, not liking movies in general, you know? Yeah, we talked about well, that last time. As of right now, Shazam has a 94% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I have my reason on why that thing is sabotaged like Captain Marvel, but yeah. we're not going to get into that. But um, no, I'm really happy about that. It's really crazy what's going on right now. Um, I guess with a lot of the TV stuff, too. Um, as far as the streaming service went, Doom Patrol's outdoing Titans. I think, not going to lie, I think it's doing better than what Arrow did technically as far as the streaming service numbers compared to the uh, live action. Um, yeah. Not live action, but the cable network numbers is compares more so to Flash. Okay. Um, and then you have Aquaman and Shazam that were not uh, Dawn of Justice and Justice League or it's the superheroes that everybody knows. Uh, Shazam and Aquaman were more so not looked upon for being the best in comics uh, for at least non-casuals. And look at this. Yeah. Well, I have other um, criteria that I think is the reason why they're doing so much better. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you remember, Wonder Woman, they've had, basically they have already had two hits, official hits on their hands on the the new DC um, Cinematic Universe. Wonder Woman and Aquaman are hits. They've done, they made a lot of money back um, and Shazam is going to make a money. But if you look, all the rest of the DC films that people had problems with or there was issues here and there, they were all Zack Snyder written and directed. Yeah. The Man um, of Steel, Batman v Superman, uh, Justice mm-hmm. League, all of those Man were Zack Snyder. Yeah. Zack Snyder had a vision for the DC Universe, and from what it looks like, he may have gone, ended up in the right spot. The problem is he took too long to get there. Way too long to get there. Uh, I remember seeing Man of Steel in theaters. Wasn't that 2013? It was something like that, 13 or 14. Uh, I want to say it was 13 and... It's been uh, five years, and we still haven't got a sequel yet. Yeah. And all the trouble that happened with Justice League, we already know what that's been. We've covered that, I think, like every mm-hmm. episode we've had uh, since Justice League came out. We always bring that up just because it was something that was built up so much. It just didn't meet expectations like everybody thought, which is very, very sad. But, hey, this is what happens with me and you would talk about. The yeah. more fun you have with your um, material, the better it's going to sell. You don't need this dark, gritty stuff. I know Watchmen was like his big standout, and I still love the Watchmen movie. I have it on DVD regular, and then I have it on Blu-ray uh, deluxe for the um, deleted scenes in there. That works for Watchmen, because Watchmen was a very surreal, dark, twisted um, fantasy of a comic book, graphic novel. It doesn't work that way with Superman. He's completely yeah. different. Well, the interesting thing is the reviews for Shazam that came up, they basically... I think the Fandango, when they did this preview, that was also this press screening. Either that or the press was embargoed until the first screening because I got out of my theater at 6 o'clock or 6.30, mm-hmm. something in there, mm-hmm. and the, all the reviews hit all at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, but everybody, some of the best ones I've seen, everybody has been raving about this so far, and one of the best ones I've seen, the headline was, DC has finally figured out how to make a fun superhero movie. 
I would say fine. I think I, I think Aquaman was very fun, but I think they're finally kept a steady beat. As we said, Wonder Woman, fun movie. Uh, I, I laughed a pretty bit. You could tell Justice League. Ah oh man, I want to say Justice League was fun too. I had a lot of fun within certain yeah. points, but the whole they movie, tried. It, they they tried. Yeah, but Wonder Woman flat out very good. Uh, very very good film. Aquaman went back and saw it twice. Very very good film. Same Wonder Woman saw it two times. I'm waiting for Shazam. Uh, and I'll probably see that twice. I I love the fact that they're having fun with these movies because it gives me the same nostalgia I had as a kid watching the Super Friends, uh, Galactic Guardians, um, Justice League, Young Justice, so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, like you said, they're starting to have fun with them. That's the one thing to remember that there's always been, even when the Marvel movies get, uh, get serious, they're still having fun with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so Shazam is going to be awesome. We got another week and a half, about a week out from when we drop this, that we'll be able to, everybody will go, be able to go see Shazam. But yeah, spoiler, there's this, people dropping spoilers on, like I said, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't need to see those cause I haven't seen the movie yet, but, um, yeah, I think at the same time the embargo lifted, as you were saying, they were able to release their reviews on it a week before you saw it. Um, but they couldn't spoil it. Exactly. Once that night happened, uh, Saturday, I remember going on YouTube and it was like, spoiler talk, spoiler talk, spoiler talk, spoiler talk. And, um, I guess they were able to let them know their real thoughts and say what happened in the movie. And it's one yeah. of those things, hey, if you click on this spoiler for yourself because you haven't seen it yet. But they've gotten thousands of views and some people like the spoilers. I've noticed um, I doubt everybody in the world have actually seen the movie, but I guess um, they, just need to, they need to know that DC's on the right track. Because I still think there's a lot of people out there that still has that sour taste in their mouth from Batman uh, and Superman movie and Justice League movie. But we see they're definitely going on a better track of this. And once again, I'm going to say thank you, Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Before uh, Justice League even came out, Wonder Woman was a movie. And it showed people that you can have fun. And that's why I think DC tried to pick up with the Justice League. But it was just a little too late, too soon with everything that was happening behind yeah. the scenes. Well, that and the problem with Justice League, you could see it felt like it had two different directors. Oh, totally, totally. So, which it can happen. You can have two different directors, but they need to be on set at the same time, working on it at the same time. You can't have one director come in and then another director come in and finish it. Yeah. Well, you can, depending as long as, like you said, they have to be on the same page. Right. Right. So, uh, but anybody that's next weekend that's going to be coming out, but mm-hmm. this weekend, anybody out on the West Coast. Now, any of our super friends that are out there that are on the West Coast are possibly going to WonderCon. Um, let us know. We can have you on to talk about what you saw at WonderCon. I would love to get a con correspondent out there. Oh, but yeah. WonderCon is this weekend, March 29th through the 31st, and Batman is going to have a huge presence there. It's going to be one of the few. Now, South by Southwest was the kickoff of this year's Batman festivities, but WonderCon is where they're really getting it into high gear. Uh, with the big, the big panel is actually going to be, if you're at WonderCon, Saturday, March 30th, from 3.30 to 4.30, you want to be at this panel. This is the Happy Birthday Batman panel. And this is going to celebrate the eight decades of um, Batman with uh, a huge panel here. The panel features legendary talents who have contributed to the, the Batman's 80-year legacy. We get David Masseuse from Gotham, who plays Bruce Wayne in Gotham, Kevin Conroy, who, for 
many people in a couple of generations is Batman. He's the voice of Batman, Batman yeah. from the Batman the Animated Series and the Arkham series and yep. all the Every- all the cartoons <laughs> from the 90s and early 2000s. That's Kevin Conroy. And even now, he's still I mean, doing he- Batman off and on. Yeah, he's been Batman for my whole 25 years. He's been Batman for 26 years, actually, and I'm 25, and he started working in 92 as Batman. I was born in 93. He's been Batman for 26 years. Yeah. Uh, he's my standard Batman. I, every, every time I say I read a Batman book, I hear his voice. Exactly. Uh, the next one that's cool is they got Lee Merriweather, who was um, Catwoman in the 1960s Batman movie. So that's awesome. They brought her in. Uh, Roger Craig Smith, who's the voice of Batman in the Batman Arkham Origins and in Batman Ninja. Mm-hmm. And then the next one doesn't really need an uh, uh, introduction. If you know <laughs> no, Batman over the last 20 years, you know this guy. Jim Lee, the current DC mm-hmm. publisher and chief creative officer. He was also the artist for Hush and many, many other things. He's basically, at this point, I could say, you could say he's responsible for the current look of Batman. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And then also you're going to have Grace Randolph, which I don't know this person, but she's the host of Behind the Trailer and a Batman pop culture expert. Not going to lie, when I when I read that, I was like, I don't know about this person. Maybe Ken can inform me, but I'm going to do a little bit of research now. The only thing I can think of is maybe she's the um, moderator. Maybe. Or I, maybe I she just knows that well. much about Batman that she earned her place on the panel. Right. So uh, that's that panel, and that's going to be awesome. Let me see if let me bring up the panel in the actual list here. Let's see if there's anything else they say about it. They do say it's in room North 200B. So, but other panels that are going to celebrate Batman and just DC in general. Uh, the first one is Friday on the 29th oh. from what? Um, I just looked up Gracie Ruff. Uh, Gracie Ruff is a comic book writer and host of the creator of YouTube channels Beyond the Trailer. Oh. Oh wow! She finally got on there. Awesome. No, I I've uh, subscribed to her YouTube page. She's a she's a comic book fan, of course. She's a big nerd like me and you. Um, yeah, she just every week she has several videos that come out. Her okay. voice is pretty iconic, I want to say, in the YouTube community for uh, comic book fans. Uh, she's like I said, from Leary from Marvel to DC to anything in between. She's uh, had reviews on her page. She covers comic books. I didn't know. I there's one of those people where like I watch her just because there's so many different people, but I didn't really know her name. I know her YouTube page. Okay, so awesome. Yeah, she's been doing this for a while. She deserves her place. Then she's okay. been doing this for a long time. Cool. Well, the rest of WonderCon is gonna like I said have more Batman and regular DC stuff because it's starting off Friday uh, for, at three thirty in room two hundred or North two hundred B also. DC celebrates 80 years of Batman. 80 years after his first appearance in Detective Comics, Batman endures as one of the most iconic heroes in history. Joining join a star-studded panel of the industry ta- of industry talent, including now this is a musty panel. Just if you listen to the panelists, Joelle Jones, who's currently doing Catwoman, best-selling Batman creative team, which they didn't have to say because anybody who reads this knows who these guys are. Scott Sty- right. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, Tom King. Becky Cloonan, who's part of Detective Comics number 1000, and Peter J. Tomasi, who's been writing Detective off and on for the last couple of years, especially since Rebirth, mm-hmm. as they discuss the world's greatest detective in a must-see panel moderated by Sam Humphreys. Anybody who, um, if you've been reading comics for a while, you know Sam Humphreys, but also one of the ma- one of the hosts of DC Daily. 
Now, next up at 5.30, you get an hour off from that. Then at 5.30 in the same room, you get This Is Your DC Universe, which DC fans will get an in-depth look at the groundbreaking digital service. Oh, This Is Your DC Universe. This is, about, this is the DC Universe panel. The groundbreaking subscription service designed for DC fans, DC Universe. The panel will feature the latest news on original live-action and animated series, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, and Young Justice Outsiders. So you'll probably get a Swamp Thing trailer here. Alongside, really? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because Swamp Thing's part of this. Awesome. Alongside a closer look at the incredible lineup of legendary DC films, epic animated movies, comic books, exclusive merchandise, and more. Fans attending the panel will receive a show-exclusive poster featuring the cast of the DC Universe show, Doom Patrol. So this is going to be awesome. Hopefully, we're going to... Definitely, you'll get the Swamp Thing trailer, probably a scissor reel for, or um, something from Young Justice Outsiders Season 2, or the second half of the season, and then maybe some announcements of stuff that's coming to the DC Universe. Awesome. Okay. And um, then we... I, I'm... Uh... Now, uh, I noticed something about the DC Universe that I'm hoping does not happen. They are very, very, very critically acclaimed right now because of Doom Patrol, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, but um, I guess a little shout-out here. Whoever's listening to us that have not subscribed or um, paying monthly fee or yearly fee of DC Universe, please pay for it. It is worth the nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. It is amazing. Well, it's less than that. I, I think it's only eight ninety nine a month, isn't it? Is it or seven ninety nine something like that? Okay, the well, best I, deal though is to buy the year. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right about that. But I'm I don't mind paying my uh I guess eight seven bucks whatever. Uh, oh my god, it's so good. You guys can read all the books you want. That's um, new on the network. And the good thing about whatever in the theaters, they're going to show you uh, the Sazam showcases and stuff like that. You can find it in the um, um, in the library of the DC universe. It's really 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 good. If you're a yeah. DC fan, if you're a comic th- fan, it's good. That's great because when the DC universe first came out, you were, I kept telling you, just buy the year, buy the year. You're going to let, and you're like, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, now you should have bought the year when it was on special. Yeah, I should have. It. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, I'll be on my phone. I wake up on a weekend. First time when I wake up, sometimes I just get my phone, I go on the DC Universe app, and I'm just looking up books and reading it till Liv wakes up, and I'm like, oh, hey, and it's like, I've been reading books, and it's just, it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, really awesome, and you can stream whatever you want uh, from their uh, from their um, gallery of TV. I really, yeah. really like it. So that's the, that's the panel. That ends, uh, that ends Saturday, uh, uh, Friday. Uh, and Saturday, the ones they're um, featuring here, it starts with the DC at noon. You get the DC Superhero Girls video presentation and Q and A, fresh off the brand new series on Cartoon Network. The S- DC Superhero Girls are coming to WonderCon. The world may know them as Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and Batgirl, but not so typical teenagers, Diana, Kara, and Barbara, alongside their superhero friends have much more to deal with than just protecting the citizens of Metropolis from some of the most sinister school-age supervillains of the DC Universe. After all, being teens is tough enough. What with school, friends, family, and the chaos that comes with managing a social life? But add superpowers and a secret identity to the mix, and things can get a lot more complicated. Join executive producer Lauren Faust and other members of the creative team as they share new footage and answer fan questions. Uh, and that's in North 200A. Then, this is always a great one at all of the conventions. If they have one of these there, you want to see this panel 
from 2.30 to 3.30 in North 200B, you get the DC Meet the Publishers panel. And it's come here, come here firsthand, the latest on the world's greatest superheroes from DC publishers Dan Tadu and Jim Lee, combining humor, breaking news, and filled with lots of surprises. This panel is perfect, or is the perfect place to find out what the publishers have in store for your favorite DC heroes and villains. This is the one where you're going to hear everything that's coming up for this year in DC Comics. Now, we know this is the year of the villain. Now, they're going to give us a lot more information on that right at this panel. Hmm. And then following that one, in the same room, you just stay there for that Happy Birthday Batman panel that we talked about earlier with David Masseuse, Jim Lee, Lee Merriweather, Kevin Conroy, Robert Craig Smith, and Grace Randolph. And they may not be the only ones there. It's a Happy Birthday Batman panel. You never know who else is going to show up for this. Uh, Dan Tadillo, remember from Comic-Con and all these other things, he loves to have surprise guests show up. So you never know who's going to be there. And then on Sunday, they rounded out... At 10.30 a.m. with the DC Batman Art Academy, sharpen your pencils and bring your notebooks because class is in session. To commemorate the milestone 80th birthday of the iconic Batman, a fan-favorite lineup of artists include Bernard Chang, Ryan Benjamin, and Mikhail Janine will offer a unique look into their visual approaches to one of the greatest heroes of all time. And then they round out and finish the show with a legacy of evil, creating DC villains. Mm, this is at one thirty from one thirty to two thirty in room two thirteen A B. This is from the Joker to Lex Luthor, Black Manta, and more. DC has created a legacy of the greatest villains of all pop in all of pop culture. A well-crafted adversary drives the plot of any story, but most of all. They are the makers of superheroes. Come meet some of the writers and artists who've put their mark on the most wicked characters in the DC Universe, including Joel Jones, Scott Snyder, Sam Humphreys, Joshua Williamson, Cecil Castellucci, and Adam Glass. Um, and this will be in room uh, 213AB. Yes. 213AB. Um, I was thinking, I feel like the villains have more expressions to their face. The one reason I really loved DC Comics, I i don't know too much about the Marvel uh, look, but I really think that DC does better when it comes to their villains or the look of the characters. Their expressions on their face, even Black Manta with the mask on, his demeanor just looks more menacing for some reason. They really yeah. know how to draw a good villain. Yeah, DC is actually known for their villains I think more than even more than Marvel is I mean Marvel has oh, yeah. some great villains but it seems like they yeah. have um, only a handful of really top tier villain villains and then a bunch of like B and C list right DC I, has a bunch of people that are officially A list villains I was gonna say if I if there was a villain from Marvel and I saw them in real life I'm like oh man this just sucks if I saw a DC villain up close I'm like oh I'm scared <laughs> I'm just yeah I'm, I'm afraid now. Just looking at you, I do not want any trouble. I'm sorry I'm here. Just don't pay attention to me. <laughs> so that's what's coming to WonderCon. But that's not all that's coming to DC. Really. No. Uh, the right. next one, we got a bunch of news for Titan Season 2. And oh, Season 1, really. Yes. This one's... Uh, go did, ahead. Did you want to go into a little bit of TV review real quick? Uh, wait, yeah, wait, Oop, I wasn't even looking at the show rundown. Yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I thought, I was like, wait a minute, jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, we can't skip past last week and this week and then next week also, because they only have them for three episodes. We've seen Lex Luthor on Supergirl, 
And this talk about scary quite villains. Possibly uh, wow. could huh? I said talk about scary villains, uh, man. Yeah, and this is probably one of the best Lex Luthers I've seen on television. Agreed, agreed. Um, I know a lot of people um, were a little. They had their doubts about. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now. Who is the actor that is John Cryer? Yes, that a lot of people had their doubts about him. I, it was the beard. I didn't care about the actor at all. Literally didn't care about the actor at all. I was just like, he can do good. I'm gonna just have my faith in him. Um, you knew more about John Cryer than I did. Just the beard. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be used to seeing Lex Luthor with a beard. I know that sounds really stupid, but I was just like, wait a minute, what? Um, but he had the bald head, so I was like, I respect him on that. Seeing him in Supergirl, I only saw episode 15. Um, wow. He is very menacing. He is the Lex Luthor we've missed for, I want to say, probably about a, eh, probably about two decades. Yeah. We've well, we saw him in Brandon Ralph's uh, movie of Lex Luthor with the mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. But this one has brought that character back to life. He's that yeah. evil, yeah. conniving. He's not just rich. You got to remember, he's a scientist. He's very, very smart. He can trick people, not from just money, but he knows how to persuade people. Um, the court, when he was in there uh, with the court case, he was having his little mechanisms to knock people out. He was saying he was sick. The James Olsen stuff, he was making him sick. He was doing this with his sister, um, persuading her, lying to her. Test mocker, we not knowing about that. Supergirl, just mean her at the very last scene. The detective scene where he was in his mansion that wasn't really there. There was just so many things in this episode that made me just love this actor as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you said it wasn't really there. Remember, the Luthor mansion has a cloaking device type thing built into it because, remember, it, the, originally they couldn't find it, and then Lena's right. like, oh, it's right there. You just click it, and it turns on. Right, but it wasn't So the there, mansion right? is there. It's just some, somehow cloaked. No, see, that's my point. It wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my point. That, that's my point. Yeah. It wasn't there. It, the cool thing it, with this... No one knew it was there, and then after he gets done wiping all these people out, just... I guess, to me, all I'm trying to say is when he uh, was doing the whole dancing with the musical and swinging his hands like he's a um, he's a conductor, it was like, I can get away with this because no one will find these bodies mm-hmm. because they can't find my land. And that's that's creepy and that's scary. <laughs> that's really scary uh, for Lex Luthor. It's one of those things you think about. There's a reason why Superman doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, well, the one thing that's awesome, the way they wrote this, was as you touched on it a little bit, this the personality is very similar to Gene Hackman's super or Lex Luthor, which Kevin oh, yeah. Spacey did his version of that. But it, where Le- Lex Luthor in those movies was basically just a criminal. He was the most mm-hmm. brilliant criminal known to man, but he was right. just a criminal. He wasn't a scientist and all these other things. He was right. just a. Um, and this, they made him a scientist and a billionaire mm-hmm. and totally crazy. Yep. Which is phenomenal, because originally like Lex Luthor was a scientist. He was a mad scientist. That was who he was. And the thing that uh, really got me, I think it was like, what, the first five, maybe ten minutes of the show, um, when she, uh, who was it, Lena Luthor said, you cannot have a red son uh, on the earth. You can't kill Superman. He's just a man trying. And then you went crazy and yell like, he's not a man. And I'm like, yeah, that's Lex Luthor. That is his whole point. That's been his whole point. The whole thing is even in the title of the name Superman. But he's not a man. He's yeah. Alien. She says he's a good man. He's like, no, he's not, not a man. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> so 
that yeah, Luthor, as we know from the books and everything else, has always been he's um, he he hates Superman because he feels he should be in the place Superman is. He should be yeah. the one everybody looks at as the greatest man on Earth. But yeah. everybody looks to Superman, this alien, this guy that's not even a human. Right. So he, for some reason, feels that Superman took his place. Right. And I, so. I guess it's one of those things I guess everyone can kind of relate to because it's just like, I've been doing this for years. And, oh, here's this guy that just comes across and takes over my shine, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but he's not even human. <laughs> um, uh, who was it? it? Was Well, this was... Um, I can't think of the actor's name, but he was on Star Wars. Um, he was Doom. He was Doomsday in the Smallville series. Oh, uh, uh, Sam. Um, yes. Uh, What's his name? Oh, crud! <laughs> Bad time to reference. For some reason, Sam Humphries jumped in my head. That's not who it is. It's um. Oh man! Wow. No, I'm drawing a blank. Wow, the, he's one of my favorite actors too. Me too. I love him. Uh, wow. Half a second, I'll have it. Okay, I just want to use him as an example. That was his whole point, but he went. Yeah, Agent little, Liberty. Agent Liberty, yeah. Um, the Agent Liberty character used on small on on Supergirl this season. He was the same as Lex Luthor. Like, wait a minute, we've been doing this whole thing as humans, but we're not getting any recognition of it. It was new for fans to see it. Even me too. I've never really gotten to him deep in the comic books to know something like that. And I feel like they even me reading the comic books, they switched him up a little bit. Yeah, but Lex Luthor has always had that same feeling for decades. Just Superman's an alien. Sam I Whitworth. don't like him because I should be the one. I'm this brilliant scientist. I'm this mm-hmm. billionaire. I've been doing things for the Earth before he even got here. Even if he had to pull bad tactics, but when Superman came here, he exposed Lex Luthor for all these things that he was doing bad, but also helping at the same time. Yeah, um, he exposed Lex Luthor. And he didn't like it. It it it's just like I said. It just felt like seeing um, him coming back. To Supergirl felt like all those years that we knew why he doesn't like Superman and the Kryptons came right back into play and it just fit perfectly. I had no idea I felt like the best Lex Luthor would be on TV <laughs> instead yeah. of the movies. You're talking Sam Witwer. Yes, thank you, thank you. So, and uh, the cool thing is, Agent Liberty, this whole season has been about anti-alien. Right. Lex Luthor is the extreme anti-alien, humans only. And that's what Agent Liberty and the Sons of Liberty have been all season. That's uh, Manchester Black is the exact opposite of that, doing using their tactics, but on the side of the aliens. Right. And I saw that um, this past week's episode, this week that came out yesterday for us, that I've not seen yet, actually brings the Red Daughter back in Yeah, I, I with Luther. I, so I, I can't wait it. to see what that is. Well, when you, when you uh, called me for um, the podcast, I was watching the episode 16 i dozed off and um i didn't see everything but i saw the outfit she had and i saw kind of a little glimpse of what they're doing to um manchester black but i don't really remember because i start falling asleep yeah <laughs> um but he is in the episode i don't know what happened so i can't really touch on it i would have to uh, go over and watch it again mm-hmm. well from supergirl though that this is looking awesome lex luther we only have for three season, three episodes but we know that's going to set up because we're coming close to the end anyway that's going to set up the finish of the show which is probably still going to have to do with manchester black and agent liberty now i wouldn't be surprised if manchester black is out before the end and agent liberty ends up being the villain at the end not surprised or just the president because remember the president has been having a lot of anti-alien leanings also 
Which is really weird, but okay. <laughs> well, he's the opposite of the president that was already there, which is kind of weird because she was all about helping aliens. You'd think her vice president right. would have been um, had similar beliefs and feels. Unless she's a white Martian impersonating uh, the president, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. We'll have to find out. Uh, but we can go from there to something that is truly crazy, and that's Doom Patrol. Oh, my favorite show right now. Doom Patrol has been amazing. This is my favorite show. Everything in it feels just, it's so crazy, and it keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I, what was the last episode? Was it three episodes ago? It was the, um, the D creator? Yeah. It was just the eye in the sky, but it was this boy that had all these tattoos on his skin, and it was basically a cult's version of the Bible. No matter what happens, they have to follow it. And they're so crazy about it. His mother actually kills her husband. Exactly. And, uh, he gets away. The son does, which is the prophet. And he escapes. And then we find out Niles Coulter was helping, um, want to say, Constantine version two. Yeah. Um, oh, what's his Wallaby. name? Huh? Wallaby. Wasn't that his name? No. Well, keep going and I'll bring up his name here in just a second. Okay, um, because it is the cool thing was that was played by Mark Shepard, who uh, many people know from all kinds of different things, Battlestar Galactica, and he's the voice of BBC America. But he was also um, the King of Hell in Supernatural. He was Crowley. Crowley. Yep. Um, and uh, well, we we look both of us did. Um, I looked up his uh, DC Wikipedia, and he literally in his description says a darker version of Constantine. So that gives you an idea of how weird and twisted this guy is. Yeah. Um, and he comes into the house looking for Niles Coulter. Of course, we know since the beginning of the season he's been uh, kidnapped by Mr. Nobody. And he's looking for him saying he this boy is going to end the world. And me and Niles made a promise. If we can't fix this, we're going to kill him. And everybody in Doom Patrol, including Cyborg, is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Niles would never do something like that. And he's like, well, you know a different Niles than I do. Now, as I know, would take a stand and live with regrets and live with consequences. You said Willoughby, right? Was his name? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, right. it is. It's Willoughby Kipling. Kipling is there the one I was know. thinking. Um, and as the uh, show goes on, the boy gets to Doom Patrol's mansion, and he's like, I'm this prophet. Um, and it all happened. <laughs> the craziest thing, there's a unicorn <laughs> that they summon that is basically the voice of everything good. Yeah, she's an then, oracle. And actually, she's not a unicorn. If you look, oh. it's a horse with a spike through its really? head. And yeah. it is a oh character from really? the comic books. That is a oh character from the comic books. I forget the name of it, but it is an oracle. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> that makes it even more crazy. And then um, Willoughby's smoking this uh, like clover cigarette. But it's actually not a cigarette, really. It's the ashes of Michelangelo. <laughs> And then uh, he has this string that he puts up, which is from Janet Joplin, and it opens up this like a zipper in the middle of nowhere, and it's a doorway, and he gets the prophet, which is the boy, pulls him out. Then the mom comes in with like a a, a, a cleaver and trying to kill him. They kick her back into wherever she was. Just crazy. Just, just nothing but craziness. Um, and then... You see um, Robot Man and Crazy Jane. They have to go to this. I forget the name of the place, um, but they go to this place where all this religion has started. 
And it turns out it's actually in the mansion of the Doom Patrol's mansion, and it's a snow globe, literally in the living room. <laughs> yeah, it's Nerdheim. Yes. But it's in the living room of Doom Patrol Mansion, and that's where they go. They have no idea they're there. Later on in the episode, you see they figure out where they're at, and they're trying to bust out, but they can't. And then it's these minions that were made out of letters that were never sent that uh, Wallaby and Cyborg must fight. And then you see also Mr. Negative trying to figure out how this um, being inside of him that he uh, got into the accident with to come out. And they have to figure out why they're on an even playing field. And mm-hmm. uh, he looks up these tapes of Niles Coulter uh, telling him the reason why he's attached to you and the reason why it works against you but can attach itself to you is because you are torturing yourself. Everything, every seems like every 24-7 of your life, you think about all the bad things and hateful things that people think about you. But you focus on those and that's what separates you, but also what keeps them on you. If you guys can come to this agreement of, I need you when I need you, but I accept you, it will work better for him in his favor. Um, one of the favorite things of this whole episode I love was um, Elastic Girl, or Elastic Woman, Rita. We've been wondering why she a blob. She's been a blob for like the past five episodes, and then this episode, she actually has her stretch powers. She actually uses her powers the way we know in the comics, but she has to focus them. The only reason she focused them, she's a big mother figure. She's done that with Beast Boy in the comics and Young Justice. And this boy that was in need of her help, she becomes like a mother figure to him for the um, episode we saw. And she actually is able to stretch her powers when Wallaby was going to kill the boy because mm-hmm. these creatures are coming after him. They're just going to try to kill him and use him uh, for bad. But he's like, well, if I can kill him before they get to him, she stops him. But he gets away. Um, I thought that was a big um, character uh, evolution for Rita for the series. And later on, we see in the second episode, Niles and Mr. Nobody come to agreement to put away their uh, their beef and work together. So now they have yeah. to use Mr. Yeah. Negative powers to go back in time to get one of Crazy Jane's uh, personalities. I forget the name of that one. But she has like this uh, persuasion, kind of mm-hmm. like mental telepathy. And the best thing, and thing starts, is, the best thing is, you ha- in order to stop the cult, right? they have to start their own. Right. <laughs> a counter cult. So you have a cult that wants to de-evolve the whole world. Then you have you start a cult of the evolver so that when the de-evolver happens, the evolver comes in and cancels each other out. <laughs> As we're talking, this sounds crazy, but it, it's the this show. Is, this is the insanity that is Doom Patrol and why it's so awesome. Exactly. Um, and as he goes back in time, he talks to her and she listens to Mr. Nobody and she creates her own cult and they do the anti everything to what Mr. Nobody was, or not Mr. Nobody, but what the, um, D creator was doing. And then when we come back to our present time, all the cult, uh, that she made back then are older now, but they're following the rules and the steps to make the new prophecy come about, which it does in the end of the episode, um, and that's basically what saves the world from everything is Crazy Jane. But the, my favorite part of that was Mr. Nobody is still a villain. He still is able to whisper in her head of Crazy Jane. And we see when um, Niles picked her up. But at the same time he's picking her up, Mr. Nobody spoke to her and said, look up Doom Patrol when all this is over years from now, which she does. And in the last episode was um, Mento. I forget the other two um, characters, but they were in the Doom Patrol in the comics, yeah. and we saw some. It's of the them original in the, um, Doom Patrol in the in the series, right? And, and you find out it didn't have, turn out well for them, not at all. And it's basically Xavier School, but in the DC universe. 
And it was basically just all these um, metahumans uh, that are young. They come to the school. But the weird thing to me was I understand why Elastic Woman, Negative Man, and Robot Man, and Crazy Jane all look the same age. But now is getting older mm-hmm. um, because of their powers. But when I, they went to the school, everybody was still the same age as they were in the 50s. But they never explained why they were because Memento just has a psychic ability. Yeah. Well, if you look people, also... The oh, um, everything in the school and everything around it looked like it was still in the fifties. Also, true, exactly. I noticed that too, and I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? As the uh, show goes on, we notice Memento um, is controlling this whole school and making everybody see what he wants to see. But it, everyone else there wants to see the same thing too. But the Doom Patrol doesn't know this new version, at least. And the reason why is because they had a run in with Mister Negative in the past. Can I go in on this? This is like really violent, but it was, oh, uh, Miss Negative basically had a big butt of a, um, of a um, blow up balloon. What was? Yeah, that? it was like a hot air balloon. It was now. This is the type of plot that the bad guys in Doom Patrol do. Take that one. It was a hot air balloon that looked like a butt almost <laughs> with a um, with a jukebox hanging from it instead of a gondola. Playing oh the God. same a Perry Como song over and over for like twenty minutes and drove everybody in the area insane to where they were killing each other. Yep, this is the type of um, insanity you get from Doom Patrol. Yeah, and it sounds and crazy to say it, but it works when you watch it. It does, and also we had an appearance of the cockroach again talking to a rat. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, but the episode is basically when they had that incident in the park with the hot air balloon. The Doom Patrol. Uh, the first Doom Patrol thought they defeated Mr. Nobody. And the thing that broke um, Memento was um, Rita and him had a relationship in the past and they, you know, reconnect again. She tells him, well, he's back. He's like, how's he back? We destroyed him. Like, no, you didn't. He's causing havoc right now. He's like, that's impossible. That breaks his mental ability down. He comes back to reality of they didn't actually do it. And the reason why was Mr. Nobody so crazy, he was able to break them, making them think they beat him when they didn't. He's been around for those whole 60 years. Yeah. Um, and then that's when they find out that this whole um, school is a um, fake. It's a, a, basically a mirage of um, uh, Memento. And now they need to help them. And once they get them back on track, um, I forget the guy that's the younger dude um, that's the director of the school. He's just there from now to keep them intact and make sure they're fine. Then uh, the new Doom Patrol goes back to the mansion to find out Mr. Nobody's been wreaking havoc on these people, even though he only did it once. He just drove them so insane they can't get out of this bubble. They are still stuck in the 50s when it's 2019. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes really sad, but just lets you know how crazy Mr. Nobody is. But there were so many Easter eggs, and this is the last thing I want to touch on. We can move on. There were a lot of Easter eggs. Do you pick up on those? Yeah, This well, this whole show, you basically have to – every any name you get for any character, wiki it or Google it. Because yeah, most of the names, if they give you an actual name, a first and last name of a character of a person, they may actually be in the book somewhere. Mm-hmm. And anything and that happens is all stuff directly out of books and things. This is a very deep show. Very. Um, and this one, we got the brain. Um, he's, I forget what you his know, name was is in the show. Is that the brain from Mala and the brain? Yes, exactly. Yes. Is that? Yes. Okay, yes. so that's one of the villains that the original Doom Patrol had beaten. Mm-hmm. So that means we may actually see the brain at some point. I think we're going to get him season two personally. It might be season three, but the way they teased it, I'm like, oh, we're getting him next season yeah. for sure. Well, the cool thing is, with seeing what they've done with Grodd on Flash... 
We could mm. get Mala also. Oh, you know they would make. You know, Mister Nobody's gonna say, even though you've seen this on the. What is that guy with that lightning bolt in his chest? Like he's gonna say something. Yeah, that's they'll reference it. Um, for sure. Um, there was also Wonder Woman's sword in here, and I don't know how they got that, but they. Oh, did. I didn't see that. Uh, if you go back, it was right behind Elastic Woman, and when in her um sequence, you know how they went back and forth. It was the uh, Memento side, her side. It was on her uh behind her. I was like, oh, how they get that? <laughs> how how'd that happen? Hmm. At least an Amazon sword. If it wasn't hers, it was definitely yeah. an Amazonian sword. So. Uh, those are the two big Easter eggs I got out of this. Um, but uh, we can move on. Oh, also, um, I think Miss, not Mr. Um, Robot Man is going to finally find his daughter, but he's not going to like how he goes about it. Yeah. He found out that his crew chief from when he was a race car driver, she's grown up calling him dad. Yeah, he doesn't like that. Also, Victor and his dad have kind of made amends. Yeah, his dad actually gave him full control over the systems now. His dad's basically acknowledging that he's growing up. Right. Oh, I did not put this in here. Let's uh, touch on that real quick. Um, are we done with the TV show? At least we're going to go back to news. I uh, with news Doom Patrol, yeah. About. That's all um, I had for Doom Patrol, too. Okay. Oh, was it uh, Cyborg? Huh? Was Cyborg what I told you earlier? What about it? Uh, Cyborg oh, about movie history. news. Well, we can get into that when we get into the movie news here in a little bit. Okay. So, uh... And actually, we're going to, um, we'll touch on, the, we need to touch on Black Lightning. Have you caught up with Black Lightning? I have not. I have not, actually. Okay, well, as soon as you I catch have. up on Black Lightning, it finished last week, so we got to talk about what happened there. Okay. So we're not going to get that yet, but we do have news out of Titans. And we have, um, basically, the vi- the main villain for next week, for next year, and his family, just almost his entire family has been cast now. Now, uh, Deadline made the announcement that Asai Morales, who has been in all kinds of other things, if you actually bring up his picture, you'll see him. Um, he's known. He was known for La Bamba back in the day. He was one of the recurring characters on. Um, he was Lieutenant Tony Rodriguez on NYPD Blue. He's been in all kinds of shows and TV and everything else. He's actually been cast as Deadshot, or not Deadshot, Deathstroke. Right. Which we had a feeling Deathstroke was going to be coming, mm-hmm. and the the actual. Description for Deathstroke in here is he's um, for the show. He's going to be Slade Wilson is known as being DC's deadliest assassin. No big surprise. While serving his country, Slade became an elite soldier for before government testing enhanced his physiology to near superhuman levels, putting him on a path of darkness and revenge to his family. Slade is a father and husband but to the rest of the world, he is feared by many as the infamous Deathstroke, selling his services to the highest bidder as the ruthless assassin that never gives up and never misses. Now, that's interesting that in here it sounds like they have him. He's actually a good father. He actually has been a father. Because usually in the comic books, he was not the best father in the world. No, he was This guy not. was not going to win Father of the Year trophies. No, none. <laughs> or number one dad or any of that stuff. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see him on there, but he's not the only Wilson coming to this show. The next one, and this is all, this is interesting because he's never, he's really not done any acting before. We have a YouTube star, Chella Man, has been cast as Jericho. So, and this was now a big surprise because um, 
we know the Titan show is based on the Wolf and Perez run of uh, Titans in the early 80s, and Jericho was added real early into that. And Jericho, in case anybody doesn't know, was... Um, the description here is... Um, now, he is a Teen Titan. He's usually seen as the hero. Um, he's mute after his father failed to rescue him from having his vocal cords severed by assassins. Jericho has the unique ability to possess anyone just by making eye contact. This gentle-natured yet proud hero has proven himself to be a formidable Titan. Now, Chella Man, if no one has ever heard of this of him, he's actually um, a YouTube star. Which is really weird. That's yeah. Fantastic. Well, he's um, he mainly made uh, a name for himself on his YouTube channel, which profiled his gender transition and life as being deaf, genderqueer, Chinese, and Jewish. A lot um, going on with him. Yeah. And he was signed to IMG as a model, and then Titans is going to be his first actual um, major acting role. I can say he actually lived the character. Yeah. Because Jericho in the books a lot of times is portrayed as bisexual, so... Oh, yeah. Um, and, now, um, the actor is... Uh, he, he looks... You can definitely tell he's got a lot of mixed uh, ethnicities in him. Mm-hmm. But this works for this works for Deathstroke's um, child. Because we all know Deathstroke's been around the world for... Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so no matter how the kid, I guess, looks... I know some people might, you know... Why does he not look like he does in the books? Deathstroke's been around the world. If he's going to have a child, you don't know what he would look like. He could be anything. Um, so I'm really, when I read this, I was really happy to see that. I'm like, okay, I love where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. They actually have somebody that's lived the actual life of the combo character, it feels like. Um, I can't wait for season two of Titans. Now, this is going to be on season two, right? Yes, this is season two. Now, okay. that's not the only casting. There's still another one. There's one more. Chelsea Zhang who people may know from Disney Channel's Andy Mack, has been cast as Rose Wilson, Ravager, which is Jericho's sister and Deathstroke's daughter. Now, um, according to the description for uh, Rose, or Ravager, it's the daughter of the deadly assassin Deathstroke. Rose Wilson was forced to undergo the same procedure that granted her father nearly superhuman abilities, becoming a weapon known as Ravager. Even or ever resentful, she seeks out the Titans not only for their protection, but to get back at her father. Knowing how dangerous it is to be the offspring of their deadliest foe, the Titans take her in, but that doesn't necessarily mean they trust her. Now, I don't know how close that is to the books. I know she's in the Deathstroke books now. Um, from really trying to remember, I sad, but I don't remember how she joined the Titans in Jeff Johns' run. I just remember her being um on the show or on the in the books i think that's kind of, i think that's basically what happened same way okay uh, she needed their help and i the weird thing was night nightwing was the one that was by her side more than anybody because him and deathstroke have a very very uh terrible past with, with each other but he for some reason trusted her and she turned out to be one of the better members of the Titans. Uh, yeah. I guess maybe he saw her as he maybe Batman saw him. I don't know. Um, but I'm pretty sure her and Dick Grayson are going to have a relationship like what Raven had. But it's kind of weird because I know they already did that with Raven. So they might change up completely. She might not have a father figure on there. I don't know. But I just hope that her and um, Dick Grayson have somewhat of a connection. 
in the yeah. show. Well, after seeing those all of that, I would not be surprised if in the next couple of weeks we hear we hear um, casting for Grant Wilson also. That's the last of the um, Wilson kids, isn't it? Yeah, it Wasn't is. Wasn't Grant the other brother? Well, he's the the weird thing is he's the oldest brother. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. No, why isn't he? What's his character's him? name? I don't remember. He's a hero or villain or something. Also. Oh, he was he was the first Ravenger. Okay, so, so maybe they. I'm wondering. Did, I'm wondering if they won't even talk about him at all because if they're pushing this Ravenger so far, so hard. Um, for the show, they might just overlook the first son. He might not have a first son in here, or would uh, they he might could, only have the daughter? They may so do. Remember Hawk and Dove? They used the second Dove, but then later on, they actually per- showed what happened to the original Dove. True, true. So they may do something that he's dead, and she picked up the Ravager mantle. True. So hey, well you're right. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But I haven't. We haven't seen anything about Jericho. And like you said, maybe they might do a flashback, and he's not going to be a. Uh, regular on the show he might just have like oh here's my son years ago and now my daughter's taking up that mantle yeah um so we'll we'll see how this goes but i have a lot i'm loving this dc streaming service it's crazy that i never thought get into it this hard i was like i'm gonna watch i'm pretty sure i'm gonna like it but wow um and i i do love how um they casted uh ravenger and jericho they look like they could be actually siblings have you looked at the photos of the actual actress i didn't look at hers um, that you um, let me see if I can send it to you here. Um, definitely can see them being um, related. Okay. Well, while you're looking that up, there's a little bit more Titans news, but this is actually for season one, and it looks like anybody who doesn't buy the DC Universe, you can still watch season one of Titans because you can already order it now on digital, and it will be coming soon to Blu-ray and DVD, season one of Titans. Now, the digital purchase, or the digital download for it is um, $25, basically, for the high def. And you get it from just about anywhere that you can buy uh, digital downloads from. And this actually has all 11 episodes, and I believe they said over 40 minutes of special features on it. Let me see. They actually put a number on it here. Uh, as this comes up, oh yeah, that, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I can oh, see them being. Mm-hmm. I think it said like over forty minutes of special features or so, and the special features on here they have Raven and Robin Dark Rebirth, a new featurette. We have um, the story of Titans, the characters of Titans, the making of Titans, Dick Grayson's and Rachel Roth's dark past, a look at Vigilante's Hawk and Dove. The Identity of Titans, Coriander's Starfire, Gar Logan's Journey, Rachel's Powers, Doom Patrol meets Titans, Jason Todd's Robin, uh, from comic to live action adventure, and then meet Wonder Girl, Dick Grayson's Dark Past, and World of Superheroes and Vigilantes. You get all of that if you buy the digital download or the Blu-ray DVD when it comes out. And um, like I said, the Digital download or the digital version of it is out now and it's available on iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, and everywhere else that you can get digital downloads. And the Blu ray and DVD will be coming out later and it'll probably be about the same price. So it doesn't have here the date for the digital release, but if the if it launched on the twenty first of March, probably about a month out at the most we'll get the Blu ray DVD version of it. Alright. So oh. um is ever out there that doesn't have the streaming service, please buy it watch it. it is worth all the money oh yeah so let's get into some movie news a little bit and one you you found it had a surprise 
Um, yeah, um, let me go back to this article. Uh, I didn't put in the link, but I uh, looked up. Uh, Ray Fisher will not return as Cyborg in DCU or solo films. Um, none of that's happening right now. Um, it's one of those things we all should have known what happened because of this. It says here, uh, the DCU's version of Justice League was a commercial failure, and a lot of the superhero flicks um, that they wanted to take on after that was not going to work. Some of the stars like Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, um, and then uh, featured in the movie, but um, the Shazam movie, uh, Zachary Levi's Shazam movie, they're doing very well, but um, some of the people that they had uh, ifs, ands, or bouts, a uh, little iffy stuff on, they didn't put Cyborg in um, the movies to continue or cast Ray Fisher on as having a solo or more just elite products. Also, we also saw in um, Teen Titans, I'm sorry, not Teen Titans, uh, in Doom Patrol, um, Victor Stone is being used on the small screen, so there's no need to really put him on and the big screen if they don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, okay. And, I mean, that sucks, but a lot of these characters they had these movies for we saw we they're gonna make wonder woman superman 2 batman green lantern flash cyborg after the critics and everything came in of justice league they weren't really on task with these movies anymore they had to kind of shuffle things around and cyborg is one of those movies where i even said i don't think he's a solo movie i don't think he's even a solo comic book movie character we saw what happened with that i really think cyborg's a team player he's goes great in teen titans he goes great in Justice League, but as a solo, he doesn't really carry as much weight, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I think, to be honest, I think this is a good thing. I feel bad for Ray Fisher, but uh, for as far as Warner Brothers goes and money investment, I really don't think they should have made a solo movie of him. But once again, he's on Doom Patrol as a team member, and he is exactly. amazing. That's where he falls into, in my opinion. So um, they're just going to stick with him on Doom Patrol right now. We might see him Titans later on in the future. Okay. Well, the other news we have out of movies is Ezra Miller has been making a splash. And um, now we know the Flash movie has had some interesting things going on. They're trying to get it off the ground and not sure. They've hired John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein back in January of last year to um, write the movie. And they have kind of a lighthearted approach to the material, which, in my opinion, that's what you need for Flash. But it looks like... Yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) It looks like Ezra Miller has a different opinion of this. So much so that he's actually decided to write his own script for the movie and has actually enlisted the help of Grant Morrison to help him. Now, it looks like Warner Brothers has actually hired them officially to write their take of the movie, but it doesn't say they fired the other two. So it looks like they're bringing in a couple of scripts to look to see what they they want to work with more. Uh, But if they decide not to go with Miller's script, he may actually walk away from the project according to rumors, because his contract is actually up as of May. So he doesn't have to re-sign. So it looks like Ezra, almost like he's saying that, well, if it's not exactly what I want, I'm taking my ball and going home. Which, if you take what we got in Justice Justice League, that may not be a bad decision. Yeah, I'm not... Like I said, once again, I I really liked what they were trying to do with um, Justice League, but I... This is one of the few characters that they really didn't... Now, the personality seemed about right, but the way they did it was a little backwards for Flash. Yeah, and I don't want a dark version of Flash. I don't want any 
The only thing dark about the Flash is when his mom died, and then he's the Flash again. That's the only thing I'm willing to accept from that. And until recent years, throughout the history of Flash, that's not what his motivation was. It, his motivation was not that his mother died and his dad was in jail and he was trying to save him. That's a newer addition to Flash since the mid two thousands, wasn't it? Yeah. Before that, none yeah, of that, that was, happened. Uh, the Jeff Johns run. Yeah, when Jeff Johns brought him back, he gave him that backstory. That had nothing to do with Flash before that. So you had. Uh, from the 1950s all the way through until the early 2000s of the Flash just being a hero because he had the powers and he wanted to be a hero. Right. Is all That's all you need. <laughs> right. You don't, you don't need, need a dark backstory for any, for the characters. Right. So, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, they've not fired the original writing team, so they've still got their script ready to go. And um, looks like Ezra's writing his version of the script with Grant Morrison. So hopefully, I mean, Grant is known a little bit darker stuff. Like he wrote Doom Patrol, he's wrote JLA, he's written written just about everything in Flash. Right now, he's writing Green Lantern, the new Green Lantern book that I'm enjoying it. So we'll have to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, if this calls for um, Ezra Miller not to be or continue to be the Flash, I'm not mad. I just here's my thing. I think Zachary Levi. I haven't seen the movie, but the way he's doing Shazam, that's how I want Barry Allen's Flash to be. Very lighthearted. Very what we got. What Grant Gustin is doing right now. Yeah, that's what I want. So and even Grant Gustin gets a little dark sometimes, more than uh, oh, yeah, more I so mean, than it needs. Yeah, but they had to continue to show. Um, and I guess in recent Flash comics is kind of what he gets. If you if you notice this new Rebirth Flash, in my opinion, and I guess New Fifty Two, I haven't really read that much New Fifty Two, but. This new Rebirth Flash has had a lot of dark moments. A little bit, yeah. But they try to offset it with some more fun stuff, too. Yeah, he does. Um, But you got to remember, for me, Flash was um, Wally West. And he was awesome and had fun everywhere he was doing it. Yeah, well, that's why I was... I want to say he was like that in the Titans, but also in the Titans, he had a lot of dark moments, too. I I guess I just like the Grant Gustin version of the Flash more than I did the Ezra Miller version, just for me, personally. Well, we'll have to so. see how this goes, and they should be starting filming sometime this year, so uh, if they can get this I off get, the ground. Don't, I will not be surprised if it gets pushed back in. I'm saying that right now. Yeah. So we'll see what so, happens. We've only got a couple of stories left, and they actually come out of comic books themselves. Uh, next up, we actually have a solicit in the information about Frank Miller and John Romita Jr.'s Superman Year One. And now this is the next title out of Black Label. And so it is the larger prestige format. Now, you've seen the size, what these look like, right? The large format periodicals that they've been doing for Black Label? Yeah. And they, they look like it's just a regular magazine, which is awesome, the size. And um, so we know that in June, uh, Frank Miller and John Romina Jr. are going to put out their definitive origin story for Superman in Superman Year One from Black Label. Now, this is going to begin... Um, it's going to have the large format periodical in um, June, August, and October, and then they'll have it collected in uh, one volume as a trade in November of tw- um, later this year in November. Um, and it says that Superman Year One is a coming of age story of the future Man of Steel, featuring a young alien boy just trying to find his place in a new world. Faced with the needs to the need to hide his heritage and powers in order to survive, Clark will find his humanity through the grounding of the Kent family and the relationships that will define the man he will become. Told by two of the most revered voices in comics, Superman Year One is more than a superhero story. 
It's about the choices Clark made or choices made by Clark Kent on his path to becoming the legend. It's a testament to the importance of choosing to become a hero, which I love that last line because um, I've always looked at this. And when we actually did our deeper dive looking at Superman last year yep. when Action 1000 came out, um, I pointed that out that the great thing about Superman and that um, Smallville pointed out um, the TV show and a lot of other things that Superman. Yeah, he comes from a planet that was destroyed, but right. that's not what created Superman. Superman. Right. His upbringing with the Kents, he didn't have a dark story that created the Man of Steel. Superman became a hero because the way he was brought up was if you have um, a talent, you use that to make the world better. Well, he has some of the greatest talents known to man, so he decides to be a hero to help make the world better. Exactly, and I, I guess anybody that I guess um, isn't a fan of Superman or hates on Superman, I'm always like, that you don't get the character. His whole point is, if you have all this power, most people want to rob banks, use it for their own gain, use it in sports events, whatever they want to do, but he's doing it just for good. He lives life as a normal human being, uh, your standard blue-collar human being, but he also saves the day by using his alien powers. Mm -hmm. And it's like if someone has that type of power, they could use it for anything, but he decides to do it for good. You have to respect that. Yeah. He's a hero because it's the right thing to do, which I think a lot of people have a problem with that because the problem is our society has changed enough exactly. that back when Superman was created, that seemed like people actually believe that, that we want to make society better. It seems right. like in general society has decided a lot more of, and uh, people can't understand that mentality anymore. A lot of people don't understand, um, let's do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Right. And so. Which is why Superman is so important to still have here. And that's why people say, oh, I like Batman better. I'm like, and Batman can be Superman. I'm like, if, you, if you're if you a real comic fan, there's quotes of literally Batman saying he's afraid of Superman. He respects Superman. He sees him as his best friend. There's so many things Batman doesn't wish he was Superman, but there's so many things where Batman thinks to himself, I'm glad this guy exists. Yeah. So if Batman's saying this, you like to hero you love the most why if he respects him why can't you i, yeah. I never get that and that same goes the same for people that might feel the same way about batman i don't like him because he's this and that but superman respects bruce in so many different ways because he is what superman cannot be but he understands he just can't do the same thing batman does and batman understands he can't do the same too superman does so they have to be i see them as the two different sides of the same coin i know people say that about joker and batman but i really think superman and Batman are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, they're almost opposites that ended up in the same spot because they're both decided to be heroes, but why? Superman right. decided to be a hero because it's the right thing to do. Right. Batman decides to be a hero so that no one else has to deal, or so that hopefully in the future no one will have to go through what he went through. Exactly. Um, both of them, though, are representing hope. They want to bring hope to the world. Right. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said I feel like they're two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Instead of people say that about Joker, I'm like, no, they're two different opposite coins. <laughs> yeah. Um, when but Superman, Batman are literally on the same playing field. Just you do this way, I do this way. And one big thing: one works in the light, one works in the dark. I mean, they both, you know, of course, crime fight in daytime. A lot of people think that Batman only fights at nighttime. That's not true. A lot of people think only Superman fights in daytime. That's not true. But mm -hmm. that's usually when you see them just because they're showing the bright side and the dark side to each of their characters. Exactly. Uh, but and 
What was that? No, I was just saying, but that's, that's okay. I just love the Superman character. <laughs> that's about and, it. I just love the Superman character. Well, and next week we will definitely be getting a lot deeper into Batman because we will be celebrating Detective Comics number one thousand coming out this week, and uh, we will be having uh, um, an awesome panel and talking. Basically, the entire episode will be about the eighty year history of Batman and what we think of Batman, and how we deal because it is his birthday. Detective yeah. Comics um, number 27, I believe, where there's the introduction of Batman was in March of 20 or um, way back in the 1930s, 80 years ago in um, 1939. That's so crazy. this year is or this month is the birthday of the bat 80 years. Yeah. So we're going to be crazy. celebrating that next week. Uh, but we have one more um, kind of sad news this week, but we kind of saw it coming because and then there was one. The silencer is finally getting... The axe has come down. It looks like, I, I believe, so all that's left of the New Age of DC Heroes is the um, Terrifics. Because silencer, as of June, is having her final issue. I know they're going to get the axe soon, too, and I hate that. I We were saying silencer, um, damage, Terrifics, and... Um, uh, well, I'm forgetting his name right now. Sideways. Um, sideways. Those were the top four. To us, um, I think well, they were the last four standing too. Yeah, well, that made it made sense why, but I don't know. I just it saddens me. And we saw Sansa and Arrow, so she yeah. are, I'm glad she got in there because fans will always go back to who knows when we'll see her again. But we can always go back saying at least she got on TV. Her comic book was one of the few last to stand. I don't know why they're canceling her. I mean, I guess the whole new age of heroes, maybe. Yeah, I really well, think a lot of these characters that are getting canceled can be continued on in other comics. I hope yeah. they do that. Well, yeah, I, I can definitely see... Uh, now, Brimstone, I think, is done for now. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Immortal Men and Challengers of the Unknown were are pretty much done. They really did... They never actually took off really great, at least I for me. I never was really interested in them either, to be honest with you. Now, Damage is a character I can see coming back and forth, depending on how they decide to do it with him. Sideways, right. I can see right now stepping into Teen Titans. I, I agree. I agree. Now, the Silencer, I could see as a side character off and on, possibly in like Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Or Arrow. Because he's been in there already, or in Arrow, or here and there, everywhere. Batman, or Titan. I mean, they can put her really anywhere, to be honest. The Terrifics, I see, actually pro- possibly stick around for a while. And the good thing about the Terrifics, too, they were not new heroes. They were already established. Exactly. So no matter if the team breaks up or they cancel the book, we're always going to see Plastic Man. We're mm-hmm. always going to see Metamorph. We're always going to see Phantom Girl. We're always going to see my brain right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was Metamorpho, Plastic Man, Mr. Terrific, and uh, oh, Phantom and Girl. Terrific. We're always going to see Mr. Terrific, too. We're always going to see all of them in some form. Um, yeah. So I'm not too... The weird thing is they're the ones that are standing last, and maybe that is because people are buying them more because we know them. Exactly. That might be why. Uh, it's because of Plastic Man. <laughs> oh, that's the only reason why, huh? Yeah. So, okay. uh, But that Silencer <laughs> okay. number 18 comes out in June, and that will be the final issue. Oh, that's sad. I, so. I really like Silencer. I, uh, I really liked her. Her power was awesome. Her character was great. I uh, I feel like I liked her better than Deathstroke to a certain extent. I liked her, I liked her, I liked her power better than Deathstroke, not story wise, but I loved how she could be anywhere. I mean, literally, she could be in the room right now. If that's what we went now, yeah, you know, um, the cool she's one thing- of those characters when they introduced her says she's been around for years, but we didn't know it. Well, duh, because see, you can't hear her. 
Mm-hmm. So um, they can always bring her back if they want to very easily. I'm not too worried, but yeah. it's just sad that she's leaving right now. Well, the awesome thing about her was her, she and Deathstroke supposedly are the two greatest assassins. The difference right. being Deathstroke has no moral compass. He's like, you know what? I take a job, I do it. I take a job, right. I do it. She actually has a moral compass. She wants to be, get out and um, have a family. And yeah, she, and they actually showed in the book that she only did this because Talia uh raised her to do it and said okay if you do this you'll be able to get out so she was looking she has an end game she's like you know what at this point i'm done right and she and if you look in the book they've shown that she, a lot of her targets she was looking up and seeing that all oh, these are actually not good people <laughs> deathstroke right. would kill his mother if he's got if someone gave him the contract enough money yeah uh you've seen he's betrayed his kids his sidekicks mm-hmm. his teammates um deathstroke really doesn't care um, exactly so, I, I like I said, I just like like I said, I like Silencer's character more, but I like Deathstroke's story better, which is you know they're different. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we get to see you again, Silencer. And once again, crazy thing is, don't be too sad, I guess, for me because we also got the cancelization of or last issue of Green Arrow. But we know he's definitely staying around. Oh yeah, they're not so, getting rid of Green Arrow. He's been around too oh, long. No. Oh, no. So there's definitely chances for the new age of heroes, and we'll just see what they do with them come in the future. Exactly. And remember, a lot of this, they had to make room for the uh, DC Inc. and Zoom titles that are coming out. So those actually fit into the actual lineup of what's being published. They have a certain amount of books that they want to publish, so they got to make room for these other books to come out. Right. They may not be mainstream books, but they are still books that are being produced. Right. So, and I think with that, we've got one more thing to do tonight. We got a little bit of comic book shopping. And that sounder can only mean one thing. It's time to take our weekly trip to the comic book shop. Now, the comic book shop this week, as every week, is brought to you by the Shazbots. That was their song, The Comic Book Shop. Check them out on iTunes and Facebook, or go over to www.shazbots.com. Let them know that you heard about them at the DC Superpowers podcast. This week, we actually have 14 books on our comic shop pull list for March 20th, 2019. And all of our, uh, most of our miniseries is all are coming out this week also and the last book we're going to put on the list is that massive detective comics number 1000 but Vern, why don't you start with what do we got coming out this week uh we have action comics issue number 1009 wow then we get that big um mm-hmm. as clandestine organizations both good and evil continue to fall the official countdown to one of the biggest stories in dc history begins here Clark Kent and Lois Lane go undercover to find who's behind the destruction of Cobra Cult. The DEO of the greatest organizations in the DC Universe, as is the threat of Leviathan, looms over everything. The Man of Steel must trust Amanda Waller with his biggest secret, his identity. As Clark Kent, all bets are off, all rules are broken, as Leviathan has come to change the DC Universe forever. Um... Reading this, oh, sorry, no. Art's done by um, Stephen uh, Epitigue, and my computer's frozen right now. I cannot go anywhere. <laughs> Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Thank you. Yeah, I'm frozen. Now, are you I'm caught up it. on Detective or on Action? No, I missed the last three issues. Not yeah, this has you. been interesting because, like they said, Leviathan is taking down all these organizations. Uh, we've seen the DEO hit, the um, Cobra Cult there. 
the Argus has been hit. All these organizations, and then Waller, out of nowhere, shows up at Clark's apartment and says, Superman, I need help. Um, the funny thing is, if we go back years ago, was this the 80s, I want to say? Um, Batman revealed himself to Amanda Waller in Suicide Squad. Oh, he didn't need or to. I, I would believe the wall actually already knew. Yeah, that's, I, I, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember if she found out and then he said, what? And then he re- took his mask off or he just revealed to her. I don't remember, but somehow they know or she knows he's Bruce Wayne. So it's funny that was that the 80s. So is that like four years later? Yeah. Um, now this is going to become a Superman thing. We're not going to lie. Yeah. Superman had it easier. <laughs> who the, the wall is? She knew who this was already. Yeah, I think she knows, to be honest with you, who all the Justice League is. Not going to lie. I don't know why mm-hmm. they bother wearing a mask around her. So it's been interesting to see what's going on here. And also this whole thing about Leviathan Rising that's coming. If I remember right, we're supposed to get a Lois Lane and a Jimmy Olsen books coming out of this. At least miniseries. They're supposed to have their oh. own. Because Jimmy Olsen has been great in this whole Leviathan Rising thing. The character of Jimmy Olsen and getting into the, his conspiracy theories and stuff like that. It is awesome to Wait. see what they're doing with Jimmy right now. But which, which book was it that uh, Jimmy had all the um, conspiracy articles about? That was detect- or that was action. Yeah, but which one was? Which number was that? Uh, I think that was the last one, two thousand or one thousand eight. Oh, not, okay. Well, I guess I have. Okay, never mind. I thought I was like oh six. No, okay. I think it was one thousand eight. Okay, I guess I have. Okay, never mind. All right. Okay. There's too many books to read, dude. There's too many TV yeah. shows and books. I'm getting lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next book we have up for this week is Batgirl number thirty three. It's election day in Gotham City, and Barbara Gordon is running ragged on both ends as she tries to balance campaigning for her new boss with keeping the peace as a superhero. Could the sudden appearance of her murderous brother, James Jr., push her over the edge? Art is done by um, Elena Casagrande and is written by Margaret Scott. That's a character that will not die. Yeah, I had never even heard of him before this, and then I go back and look that it was a newer character added in, but he's like totally crazy. Well, he was added in... Um, Wasn't it after the New 52? I thought he was added in Batman Year One. I'm not sure. I know it was after I was... Um, while I was taking the break and I wasn't reading. I think There was like a 15, 20 year gap there that I didn't read much. Uh, I might be completely wrong here, but that's the son of uh, James Gordon. I was pretty sure he was in Year One, so it was basically like a reboot retelling. So he's been around technically since the beginning. He was actually the older sibling of Barbara. Yeah, but that but so, year one was actually written in the early two thousands, I believe. Yeah, you're no, you're right, you're right. But he's um he's newer. But I'm saying if you go back and you know, yeah, he's been around technically longer than Barbara. If you go by you know storyline purposes, but um, the next book we have here is another Batman, uh, family member, which is Batman Beyond issue number thirty. Robin, no more. It's turning point for the brothers of McGinnis as Terry and Matt face a tough road ahead in the wake of Joker's attack um but the real question is does batman really need robin or is it time for neo gotham's cape crusader to fly solo once more um art done by evan doc snyder and written by dan jurgens this has been interesting and in seeing um what they did with joker and if i remember right he died again uh, at the end of the last back. issue when does joker die yeah <laughs> when i saw that, i'm like nah nah <laughs> um, but I really am curious if we're not going to see Robin for like probably the next 10 to 15 issues. Um, hopefully it goes that long. I hope. Um, but, uh, this version of Batman has never had a Robin, so they might not 
bring him back for a while. I don't know. And they might bring him back in the next issue. Who knows? Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll see what happens here. But I really did like the fact that his younger brother was Robin. We've seen Batman and we've seen Batman with all these sidekicks that are not family members. But then we got his son. So I thought it was pretty cool to see Batman Beyond have his younger brother. Um, yeah. I would like for them to go back to that. So I hope this lasts for just one or two issues. Well, what what I want to see more of is they did explore it a little bit back when they were doing uh, about five, six years ago when they were doing Batman Beyond as the digital comics. And they actually did the Justice League Beyond. So you could actually explore yeah. the world a little more with some of the other characters that are in it. I would love to see more of this Beyond universe expanded out a little bit and actually see some of these other heroes. We know the Justice League is out there. Static Shock is still out there. Superman is still out there. Uh, there was a Superman Beyond also where um, it is Clark Kent as right. older, but he's decided now he's a firefighter. Right, um, which is perfect. Um, I We didn't get a Flash. We didn't get a cyborg. Um, but we, we had other newer characters that were similar types of characters because we did get a green – we got a Green Lantern. We got right, some of the other ones there woman. too. Yeah, we had a Wonder Woman. Um, I think there was a big – Bar- either Big Barda was in it or it was a Big Barda-style character was there. I think it was a Big Barda-style character. It was, I don't think it was Big Barda, but it was definitely supposed to take out that Wonder Woman mantle. Um, yeah. And we also had the Hawkman character, which was um, um, John Stewart and um, – Sarah Hall's son in this version uh, universe of the um, DC comics. So I would like to see them expand because I think it was only five, wasn't it? Batman, Superman, um, Hawkman, uh, I, Wonder Woman, uh-huh. and Green Big Barda was in it. I'm, I brought oh, up the characters right now. You have um, Big Barda, Warhawk, which was the oh, Hawkman. He was the son of John, John Stewart and Shaira Hall. Right. Uh, Superman, because remember, this is part of the. Uh, Bruce Timm universe. So Shaira Hall um, and John Stewart get together. That was Big Barda, though. Yeah, it was Big Barda, Warhawk, huh. Superman, Terry McGinnis, uh, Aqua Girl, which is uh, oh, Marina. Yeah. Uh, she's the daughter of um, Aquaman and Mera. Kai Rowe, which was a future Green Lantern of Sector 2814. Micron, which is a, um Adam style character. Uh, Bruce Wayne Batman was in the was in the series. So was Amanda Waller and Darkseid and um, some of these other ones. But I believe that was the whole team. Now, a lot of these other ones are just characters that were in the book, too, or that either were in the book or in the series. So, Oh, yeah, I forgot about Mike Ron. Yeah, my brain just collapsed. So we uh-huh. did have our seven members. Okay. Oh, we, it turns out, you said, do you say a Flash? Do you say a Flash at all? The, Wally was in there somewhere, they said. Hold on, I'm going to it right now. You can uh, continue. I'm just looking this up. There was definitely okay. a fl- yeah, Flash 2. They have it as um, uh, Dantia Williams. Okay. Um, his- okay, basically I went on DC's wiki. They says, history for the character has not yet been written, but she was in the Justice League Unlimited and the future. So we have not had anything. Um, but the only thing that we have is um, she's dating Captain... Marvel, okay, <laughs> which is William Bath, William Baston, uh, Billy Baston from the DC um, AU of um, the uh, Bruce Timm universe. So ah, cool. Huh. Well, they the need next to make one more books about that. Yeah, I, I want to see more of the Beyond universe. So yeah. hopefully we'll now get that at some point. Really like, yeah, let's let's get that. <laughs> well. And anybody who is interested, Comixology still has all the digitals. You can find there's Superman Beyond and um, Justice League Beyond. They were put out the same time as a Batman Beyond run, running then. And the Superman one was awesome. So check those out. But the next one that is coming out this week is Dial yes. H for Hero number one. We've been waiting to see this one. Yeah. This is Miguel 
a teen daredevil, discovers the or becomes the newest wielder of the hero dial, a rotary phone-like device that grants the user superpowers for one hour when he dials H-E-R-O. Will he rise as a new hero in the DC Universe or crumble under the weight of responsibility the dial thrusts upon him? This blistering new six-issue miniseries joins the Wonder Comic lineup with stories by award-winning fan-favorite writer Sam Humphreys, and the art is done by Joe Quinones. Yeah, um, this hero in crisis, I don't know what they're going to um, end up with, but... Yeah, Heroes in Crisis has been getting crazy. And it looks like Superman, from the cover, Superman's going to get involved finally and um, try to figure out what is going on. We'll see what... Yeah, because it's weird because we haven't seen too much of Superman getting involved. He's been yeah. kind of like our mind... I remember him in Young Justice, like, oh, I'm going to stand off of this. This is weird. <laughs> so why don't you um, read up what it is that this issue's got? Next is Justice League Odyssey issue number seven. The oh, I thought, you were gonna, I thought you were going to do Heroes of Crisis. Oh, wait, did I skip that? Yeah, ah, you skipped what? right. You started talking about it, but you didn't actually tell him what's happening. I did. Um, Heroes of Crisis issue number seven. The Trinity may have, over cover, un- have uncovered the true killer responsible for the deaths at Sanctuary, but the artifactual intelligence... That ran is um, institution is now one of the things standing between them and the culprit. But now Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman must face off against their new creation, their own creation, and face the consequences for what they created. Also, as the truth uncovers, Booster and Harley go from being enemies to allies. I saw that coming, by the way. Yeah. Um, art done by Clayman and written by Tom King. What did you say, Ken? No, I was agreeing. Yeah, when the first issue, I'm like, okay, I I know where this is going right now. Kill each, try kill each other. Yeah, you guys are going to try to uncover what really happened because mm-hmm. that's the only way we know what happened. Really, is between them anyway. So they're yeah. going to either have to work together, or we're just going to see both sides. But the way they were talking after they fell in that lake, I'm like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to become allies. Yeah, well, that, since everybody's no one's sure which one of them did it, the two of them need to work together to try to figure this out to clear both exactly. of their names. Exactly. So. But the next one we get is Freedom Fighters, number four. This is number four of a 12-part miniseries. And we have Uncle Sam Must Return. As the Freedom Fighters launch another very public attack, this time against the Third Reich's version of Mount Rushmore, the team finds itself one step closer to Uncle Sam's rebirth. But their efforts may be all for nothing, as the devious entitled Psychotic, and did we mention Smelly, Hitler III, is hot on their trail and pulling out the sickest stops to shut the Freedom Fighters down once and for all. It's interesting to see what's coming out of Earth-X right now. Art is done by Eber Ferreria and Eddie Barrows and is written by Robert Venditti. And this is a cool one, one to see because these are a lot of like Golden Age characters that are, that are in this book. Yeah, um, it's odd they're going back and touching on this. Um, but these mean a lot of characters that we've missed for a while. So Exactly. Next is Martian Manhunter issue number four. There's only one witness in the murder of the Adams family and the disappearance of Ashley Adams. Good news. Master Detective John Jones has tracked the witness down. Bad news. The witness is an iguana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but see, Martian Manhunter could figure this out. Well, this is the thing. Can't even John's Martian telepathy mind withstand the contact within a primitive animal and... In his past on Mars, fiery plague of Hominer, Hominer, Ron names. 
They're Martian names, man. Yeah, it's Ron Mill. Ron Mir. Ron Mir, thank you. If you um, watch first, Supergirl, you get to learn how all this is pronounced. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Um, Curse is creating a, a deprivation situation. How far will John Jones go to keep his family safe? Very safe, actually. Mm-hmm. Will, I know that. Um, art done by Riley Rosmo and written by Steve Orlando. Okay. Well, the next one we get is Justice League Odyssey, number seven. The trouble on Tamarin becomes a fight to the death as the team slugs it out with black fire. Will Cyborg, Starfire, Azrael, and Jessica Cruz learn to work as a team? Or will they be destroyed before they even have a chance? Time is running out, and Darkseid's warnings may prove to be the only truth they can believe in. A great threat is rising in the ghost sector, and the entire multiverse is at stake. Art is done by Carmine Giandomenico, and it's written by Dan Abnett. Now, this is one of the books, Justice League Odyssey, that I can see them going a certain amount, and then they know where the ending of this is. Because of the way they're building this storyline, I don't see this team staying together long after they figure out the Ghost Sector stuff. I'm surprised, not going to lie, I'm surprised this is one of the books that haven't got canceled, to be honest. Well, see, I think I think they planned on this being a 12 or a 20-issue run, and that's it. Oh, okay. We'll find out later what the actual end of it is, but I think there is an actual end date on this one when they started it. Hmm. Well, um, next, as we say, this movie is coming out soon this week. Uh, Friday, Thursday, if you guys want to get your tickets, um, see it the night before. No spoilers for you guys, I guess. But this is Shazam issue number four. Shazam and Steve Magiclands. Magic Lands. And the seven as, Magic Lands. Seven Magic Lands. Sorry. Um, continue as Billy Batson and the other foster kids are lost in dangerous wildlands, a realm where animals walk like humans and where humans live in Jews. When Freddy and Darla are captured and per, and uh, per, yeah, paraded sorry, paraded around like croc- like odysseys, it's up to Billy and the others to rescue them from a greedy crocodile men. Plus, the shocking ending to issue number one could end up in Billy's new family or make it stronger than ever. Hmm. Art done by Dale Engelsman and written by Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns, you are Larry Sam's father, I think. Exactly. <laughs> and this is awesome. And actually, they talk about the seven magic lands here. The seven realms are referenced in uh, the movie. Oh, I I figured that. Not gonna, I, I didn't watch I just figured they would. If this is Jeff yeah. Johns' creation, they're going very heavily on what he made with New Fit 2, I just assumed. So, and there were definitely some surprises that I did not expect to see in this movie. So, but we will talk more about that in two weeks. Right. So, but next up, we do get the silencer number 15. Smoke gets in your eyes. Part two. Has Blake finally discovered honor's terrible secret that she is actually the assassin known as silencer. Oh man, this poor guy is in for a world of hurt as the discovery he never saw coming escalates to terrifying new levels. Plus in the secret genetic experimentation lab of Jonah nine, the silencer uncovers her own horrific discovery. Uncovers her own disco- horrific discovery, the truth of her origin. So why is Talia more hurt by this than Honor? Mm. Art is done by Sandu Floria and V. Ken Marion, and it's written by Dan Abnett. And we do know that there's only three after, three more books after this one. Number eighteen is the end of it. Wow. Uh, R.I.P. Silencer mm-hmm. series. Okay, so. Next one is Terrifics, issue number 14, which is still alive. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, my allergies are acting up. I feel like I'm... If, sorry, guys, I sound a little 
congested here. I don't know what's going on. My like nostrils are closing up on me. Um, saw nasally. Um, Terrifics issue number fourteen. The Terrifics are back. Metamorphal, Phantom Girl, and Plastic Man have reunited to save their long lost leader, Mister Terrific, and the heroic multiverse, Mrs. Terrific, to bring the ruckus to Doc Dread and his team of dreadfuls. This is going to be a melee of the team for ages. In the epic conclusion for over a year of the Terrific comic stories, the fate of the multiverse hangs in the balance, so don't miss this issue. Um, Art's done by Dex Van- Dexter Vines, Dexter Vines, Joe Bennett, and it's written by Jeff Lemire. Yeah, this has been an awesome story so far, and bringing it all together in this one. But you can tell they've not canceled this, so that's the end of the first run, first arc. Hopefully, they're, that means we're going to start into another arc, and we're going to have it for a little while. And well, it was so cool seeing not, that... Huh? I was say, even if it's not going to be, you remember how... Um, oh, I'm trying to think. What issue of a book this was? I can't think specifically, but have you ever... Um, Shazam, for example. When you read Shazam, it's the Shazam family. Mm-hmm. If we get a Miss Terrifics book, if they do cancel this... I'm not surprised if they say, hey, we're making a terrific book, but we're going to see Plastic Man, Metamorphal, and Phantom Girl all in there at the same time. Yeah. Um, well, I think, like I said, I think they'll keep this because these are all established characters, and this gives right, them one right. book to put all these different characters in. Exactly. So, um, so the same reason you have a Titans book, you have a Teen Titans book, you right. have all these Justice Leagues. Right. You put all these characters you have all in one book, and you don't have to have individual books for each of them. But if you wanted to, like I said, Shazam is a perfect example. Yeah, he has a Sam family in there along with these other characters. Deathstroke when he had his team, but it wasn't really Deathstroke at the time. It was Deathstroke and his team. So, well, I do like how this book has kind of redefined Metamorpho. Because remember, until this point, Metamorpho has always been stuck with his powers. He did not want. He didn't ask for it. It was an accident that turned him into that, and he was always looking to come back. At this point, now he chose to become Metamorpho again. Right. So that's that's cool that they gave him that choice, and now he's chosen to be a hero. So the next one up, we got three books left. We get Wonder Woman number 67. How do you fight a giant? Use a bigger giant. Unfortunately, the strongest one Wonder Woman knows hates her guts. So what will Diana have to promise to Dr. Doris Zuell, a.k.a. Giganta, to get her to join the fight against the mythological titans demolishing Colorado? Art's done by Mick Gray and Carrie Nord, and it's written by G. Willow Wilson. This one has been fun because you see the the um, with the events that's happening, like in Justice League Dark, and the magic realm is being um, attacked, and tr- they're trying to destroy the magic realms. There, that's flowing over into Wonder Woman. You see that the lands of the gods and stuff, the gods are totally disappeared. Themyscira has disappeared at this point, but we're having mythological creatures show up on the regular world. That's why you that's have Titans rustling somewhere. in the mountains. And that's, yeah, they had to go somewhere. So Exactly. So it's been cool to see what they're doing here. Um, next one is The Flash issue number 67. The Flash is running himself rugged trying to learn about the new forces, but all it's done is tear, it's, tear his life apart. Now that he's back from the Force Quest and home in Central City, he finds that the city is just fine without him. Better even... His home is crime-free, and it doesn't need the Flash anymore. But where has Commander Cold gone? Barry races to find him and hopefully figure out what's happened while he's been away. Um, art's done by Christian Dos Fernandez and written by Joshua Williams. I am sorry, guys. I can tell my voice is getting worse right now. <laughs> well, good thing we're coming to the end of this. 
And it is awesome, though, that we're seeing the trickster is back. And this, I believe this is the original trickster. This is, um, yeah. was it Jesse James? Or James uh, Jesse. Sorry, James Jesse. Huh? This is James Jesse, I believe. James Jesse, yeah, there you go. This is the original trickster back. Yep. So it's going to be fun to see what he does here. Well, we do get to finish this up, though. Good thing your voice lasted just long enough. Because so we are at... Very the, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have the epic, the finally, the Detective Comics number 1000. After 80 years, it's here. The 1000th issue of Detective Comics. The title that literally desi- defines DC. This 96-page issue is stacked with an unbelievable lineup of talent that will take you on a journey through Batman's past, present, and future. Plus, a sensational epilogue that features the first-ever DC Universe appearance of the deadly Arkham Knight. But who is under the mask? And why do they want Batman dead? The incredible future of Batman Adventures begins here. So it looks like they're going to take this and do like they did with Action 1000, do an entire story tribute to him, and then the last one is going to set up the next set of stories for Batman. So, and then... um there is a list of who's who on this because you have art on this by Alvaro Martinez, Joel Jones, Dustin Nguyen, Alex Maliev, Jim Lee is in here, Kelly Jones is in here, Steve Epting, Tony S. Daniel, Greg Capullo, Neil Adams, Doug Mankey, and many, many more. And then we're written, this is written by Warren Ellis, Paul Dini, Tom King, Brian Michael Bendis has a story in here. Peter J. Tomasi, various other writers, my or James T. Tynan the Fourth, Scott Snyder, Kevin Smith has a story in here. Christopher Priest, Denny O'Neill, and Jeff Johns. So, like they said, this is a who's who of the comic book world. It's uh, there's some classic ones in here. Neil Adams is back from the '70s of Batman. So was Denny O'Neill was writing back in the '70s with Batman. So this has got a great representation of all the different um, eras of Batman in this one book. And like we said, yeah, next I'm, week... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just like, I'm just really worried. I'm like, I should have called yet, called, should have called today, but I was going to call yesterday. I just want to pre-order this book. I hope they have it in time. Yeah, choose your covers and uh, tell them, hey, this is what I'm looking up. for. <laughs> I just have my days mixed up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, no. Well, like I said, get, figure out what covers you want. Email him. Tell him, hey, this is what I'd like to get. And if he is able to get them, that's awesome. If not, he could probably order them afterwards, too. I hope so. <laughs> so, I hope so. But... That's the end of our, um, that's the end of the pull list, and that brings us to the end of another show. Yes, it does. So, Super Friends, like I said, that brings us to the end of another show. Now, remember, next week, we will be having a... 80th anniversary birthday spectacular for Batman. I'm not sure who's going to be on here yet because we've not got confirmations from everybody yet. But and we're going to try to broadcast that one again because it's been a while since we've actually been on Twitch or Facebook Live or anything. So I'm not sure what if we're going to try Twitch or maybe Facebook or maybe put up on YouTube. We'll see. We'll try to have a video version of this. Uh, but uh, thanks for hanging out with us this week, Vernon. Thank you for um, hanging out, brother. And this has been great having you back. Always fun, always fun. So, Vernon, why don't you let everybody know how they can find us? You guys can find us on, well, of course, you can find us on our actual website, dcsuperpowers.com. You can find our videos, our Facebook links, our YouTube links, our Comic-Con links, pictures, anything you want. You can find our sponsor page. You can find all of our gear, 
you look on there and you can find everything that we have that's related to the DC Superpowers podcast. And uh, follow I, the social media. Well, I know um, our website doesn't look quite right right now because I'm having some uh, yes, issues behind yeah, the that. scenes, but it does all still work. And I'm working on, we're going to have to relaunch the site as to something new, but it will be up and running the whole time while I'm working on it. Um, and from our um, social media links, you can find us on Twitter at SuperpowersDC. On Twitter, on Facebook, we are Super DC Superpowers Podcast. Just as it says in title, when you click this video, when you click this link, when you click this podcast, when you click this, whatever you're listening to on iTunes. By the way, if you're on iTunes, please give a five star rating. It will help us out a lot. We are on Spotify. If you're on Spotify and you're listening to us, same name, same way on Instagram and Facebook. My personal usage, I am VLO on Twitter. I am Vernon McWaymore on Facebook. I am Ellen um, at Wolf on Instagram. I can't find him on his social medias. You can get me on Facebook and Instagram, or Twitter and Instagram as GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm just Ken Rose. You can also email us, DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. We are also proud members of the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and Weeby Geeks at WeebyGeeksPC.com. And for that, Vernon, thank you for hanging out, brother. We'll see you next week. Yes, yes, yes. I am emailing John right now. <laughs> I have it pulled up <laughs> and typing right now as we speak. Awesome. And Super Friends, hopefully you got your issue of um, Detective 1000 and are able to read it. And uh, let us know what you thought about it. Email us. Get a hold of us on one of the um, pages. Let us know what you thought of it. And maybe we'll read it on next week's Big Batman Spectacular issue. So thank you for hanging out, too. And we'll see you next week on that special issue. Take care, guys.